الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن يتق الله يجعل له مخرجا ويرزقه من حيث لا يحتسب وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق المحارم تكن اعبد الناس او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters we had discussed over the past few weeks the virtues of acquiring the knowledge of deen and together with that some etiquette some adab that are important essential necessary in terms of acquiring this noor which comes from allah taala the knowledge of deen is not just the theory or words but it is a noor from allah taala and in order to acquire that noor there are those adab those etiquettes that need to be adhered to this makes it possible to acquire that noor and one extremely important aspect which we discussed last week was that to the extent that we will try to adhere to the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to that extent we will gain this noor of ilm also and this will pave our way safely to jannah that is our destination that is our goal that is where we want to reach to the extent that we will try to live our life in this manner and especially in acquiring the knowledge of deen we will be adherent to the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in all aspects of life whether it is in terms of the day to day things eating drinking sleeping walking talking and all the other day to day things the beautiful kitab of our hazrat wala rahmatullah alayhi hazrat maulana shah ki mudakhtar sahab rahmatullah alayhi which is titled the beautiful sunnats of the beloved nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam we one or two sunnats every now and then we add to our list and start practicing upon it and keep checking that have we done it and then add another after a week or two weeks add another two three and then another two three so in this way in the course of one year there will be more than 100 sunnats that will come alive in our lives so though it might appear that one sunnat at a time two sunnats at a time and these are very simple things and then for the whole week only those two new sunnats we adding but when we try to do 100 things one time after 100 days if we take an analysis sometimes we'll find after 100 days we haven't started diligently practicing even on one because now we got this big intention of doing 100 things one time so that everything is always then postponed i'll start tomorrow or this 100 things will start next week like people they always start dieting the next day so whenever they are in front of food so they had that big intention of dieting and doing this and that and the other but when the food comes then the diet starts after the meal this is the last meal and after the meal then 6 hours later there's another dawat or something and then the diet starts tomorrow and then the diet starts next week so by then sooner or later the tea will fall off person will die 
then automatically everything will be over. So, it must not be in terms of deen also, that we follow the same route, that we keep postponing. But the reason this happens is, we start aiming for 100 things one time. So that's not the way to go about it. We take two things at a time, three things at a time, especially if it is uh, very simple, very easy. But then diligently for two, for a week, two weeks, we are practicing on that. Now that has become part of the system. We are checking daily. We've made a small checklist for ourselves that these are the sunnats that I'm now going to practice on. And we're ticking off that, yes, I did it today. We didn't do it. we crossing it. That starts creating a consciousness. And in time, those sunnats, inshallah, will become alive. And in this way, two, three sunnats for a week, one, two sunnats for a week, in a year, that too will go past hundred. So hundred sunnats will be alive in somebody's life. Subhanallah, what a great thing. And how much of noor, and how much of light, and how much of blessing this will bring, and how close we will get to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that's one year, hundred sunnats. We'll spend maybe two years, three years, especially in the bigger classes in the uh, higher grades, the first year, second year. So over the two, three years, we would have brought in several hundred sunnats alive. Can we imagine what a great wealth this is? So this requires that we put our hearts and minds to it diligently, one, two sunnats for a week, two weeks, and in this way, we will see how much we will acquire. The other aspect that we had discussed was that one of the most basic etiquettes for the acquiring of the knowledge of deen is taqwa. And this is what Allah Ta'ala Himself has declared in the Quran Sharif That adopt taqwa, fear Allah Ta'ala fear Allah Ta'ala in the sense that fear disobeying Him. Because if you disobey Him, Allah Ta'ala will become displeased. And somebody who has love for someone the worst thing for that person is the displeasure of the one whom he loves. Just the mere displeasure is bad enough. Even if there was no other consequence, there was no other repercussion of that action that was done. The only repercussion was that for example somebody loves their parents very dearly. Somebody loves uh, some other person who is close to them, somebody's sister, somebody's brother, very close and now they have done something and the parents are displeased. So they are not saying anything, they haven't even reprimanded but it's obvious, they are not talking much, they are being a little bit aloof maybe. Why? Because they are displeased. That child who truly has that relationship with the parent, that child who truly loves her parent, that will be like a kind of qiyamat for the child. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa on one occasion, he merely didn't return the salam to one sahabi. He was like a fish out of water, inquiring what happened, why, something has gone wrong. And somebody says to him that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa passed by that one building, which was a little above the standard of the buildings around, the double story kind of thing, or whatever, it was like way above the standard of the simple homes that the Sahaba had, and he merely showed his displeasure on that. He didn't say a word. Nabi Wasallam didn't say a word to the Sahabi. He merely expressed his displeasure. That Sahabi went and he demolished that entire structure. 
Because for him, the displeasure of Rasulullah that was a very serious thing. To demolish the structure that he had built was a trivial thing, was nothing. He could sacrifice this, but he couldn't sacrifice the pleasure of Rasulullah And this was out of the love for Allah and His Rasul So that is the fear. The fear that the beloved must not become displeased. So fear Allah, that Allah Ta'ala must not become displeased. Because if Allah is displeased with us, then everything will go haywire. Jo tu mera to sab mera, falak mera zami meri. Ek tu nahi mera to koi shay nahi meri. The poet says that, oh Allah, if you are mine, then even the heavens are mine, the earth is mine, everything is mine. Because if I have Allah, I have everything. Ya Allah, if you are not mine, then nothing is mine. So, this is the effort to become Allah's, to become close to Allah Ta'ala and develop His love. And when His love has been developed, then we will fear displeasing Him. Fearing the azab is also a play thing that has its place, but this is the essential fear, the displeasure of the beloved. So when a person will acquire ilm with this taqwa, Allah Ta'ala must not become displeased. Then Allah Ta'ala will bless that person with ilm. Allah wa Allah. Fear Allah and Allah will bless you with ilm. So these, there's a direct relationship. And to the extent one will adopt taqwa, to that extent this ilm, the reality of ilm, that nur that comes from Allah Ta'ala's side, that will be inspired and instilled in the heart of the person. Now, on this note, there is something to nevertheless understand clearly. What we are saying is that one should adopt taqwa and adopting taqwa will open the doorways of ilm. Now, adopting taqwa does bring some challenges from the dunya. Normally, when a person is living a carefree life, or not necessarily normally, but often this is the case, when a person is living a carefree life, person is not concerned about deen, not concerned about other obligations of shariat, uh, carries on in the way he wants to, does what he wants to, will make namaz when he wants to, if he doesn't want to make namaz, he won't bother, he won't wake up in the morning for fajr, he'll sleep away before isha, and he'll go to places which are incorrect to be at, he'll be not concerned about the laws pertaining to how the person should be speaking, what he should be listening to, where he should be looking, all these things he's not interested, he does what he wants. Many a times it will happen that when a person is living this kind of carefree life, then everybody is quite comfortable with him. Nobody is bothered. Nobody does anything also. Nobody says anything. Nobody is concerned. Life is carrying on fine. Or a girl is now living a life in a way where she is just carrying on as she wants to. She is now mixing with her cousins and with any non-mahrams. She is going to all the fairs and the malls and wherever else. 
Everybody is quite fine with it. Nobody says anything. Nobody is bothered. Because nobody wants to upset the apple cart. Nobody wants to upset the apple cart. This is a common used expression. That everything is running as we call it rosy. So if it's running in a very rosy manner, then why now upset the apple cart? Why now bring some change into it? So everything seems to be going very nice. Now somebody decides that it might seem to be going nice, but this is a challenge that we are being tested. Like in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says that فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah Ta'ala speaks about a nation that were destroyed that initially what happened was they became disobedient to Allah Ta'ala and when they came disobedient and they forgot فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ when they forgot all the things they were reminded about by the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala and they carried on in the heedless ways they became even more unconcerned what was the end result of this? فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah Ta'ala says, we opened out the doors of everything for them. Go, take. Now the money is pouring in and the luxuries are there, the comforts are there. Whatever they want, they're carrying on with life. But they thought now, as sometimes people unfortunately, out of their ignorance, they actually bring these kind of statements on their tongues that despite they know full well that they are totally going against the commands of Allah Ta'ala in so many things, they're not performing the salah, they know about it and they know what a major sin that is. Somebody is involved in gambling, he knows what a major sin it is. Somebody is doing haram business, he knows what a major sin it is. Somebody is involved in intoxicants and whatever else. They all know these are major problems, major evils. And despite that, but because everything is flowing, the money is coming in, the luxuries are there, person is flying around, person is doing what he wants. So unfortunately, sometimes in that jahalat, person even takes out such words from his mouth and blurts such things that Allah forbid. He says, you see how I'm living my life. If Allah Ta'ala wasn't happy with me, He wouldn't give me all this. Now He knows full well all the evils are in His life. He knows full well he is not fulfilling the obligations of Allah Ta'ala. And he's saying that if Allah Ta'ala was pleased with me, wasn't pleased with me, he won't give me this. In other words, Allah is pleased with the way I'm carrying on with my life. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm not performing my salah. I'm not discharging the obligations of deen. Na'uzu billah, Allah Ta'ala is happy with that. I'm doing all the haram things. Na'uzu billah, Allah Ta'ala is happy with it. So what is the position of this person? This person is like that rat that rat was now committing, causing havoc in the home. So what did the owner do? The house owner put one choice piece of cheese. Something that the aroma, because now this aroma had to now go far off. So the fragrance and aroma also that comes out of the choice piece. So he bought that because now he couldn't catch it. So he put the choice piece inside that cage. And when that rat now came in, he says, well, this person is it's on the plate, man. This has come for me on the plate. 
The other rats have to go and scurry around where and go and dig out from here and there and all the garbage bins. For me, this has come on the plate. I don't have to go and look for it anyway also. So now he's nibbling away. And as he's nibbling, and he comes to a certain point when he hits something, the thing that is already in there, he jerks that. So now it pulls some string that is attached behind the cheese. That is the time now when this is going to slam on it. And when this trap slams on its neck, or in that cage, that cage now traps it, now he realizes that this was not put on the plate for me, for me to enjoy. This was a trap. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, when this nation became deviant, they forgot Allah Ta'ala, they went far away from deen, and they became even proud and boastful and arrogant on top of that. Allah Ta'ala then opened out the doors of everything for them. Take, take. But now they couldn't work out the difference between ni'mat and respite. They couldn't work out the difference between the bounty of Allah Ta'ala and the rope of Allah Ta'ala. And they say you give a person enough rope, he eventually hangs himself with it. So this is what they did. They went even deeper into sin. Because they thought everything is fine. Can you imagine how I am enjoying my life? And Allah forbid some people, there have been one person was crying as he was telling me this, that some person who had taken some, or whatever he had done, so he went to ask him, he says you just get lost from here, and you see if Allah Ta'ala was pleased with you, he would have given you what I, am, I got. And he was not happy with me, he would have taken it away from me. So he actually even derided that person, he insulted that person in this way also, that Allah is not pleased with you. And he chased him away from there. Now this is that jahalat and that ignorance of a very high degree. So what the point is that we are making is, that that rat also thought that everything is on the plate for me. So now it's merry making time. But that was a test. That was a challenge. And he couldn't make out the difference, like many people cannot make out the difference between the bounty and the rope. But that rope comes also in a manner that looks like the bounty. So that is where the confusion sometimes comes for people who don't have that sight. Because they have been blinded by sin. A person has got glasses on and those glasses are painted completely black. So it's a bright day outside, but it's completely painted over. In a bright day also, he's going to see the same darkness. So sins, they blind the eyes. Allah Ta'ala says, it's not the eye that's in the head, it's the eye of the heart. فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارِ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ Allah Ta'ala says, it is not the eyes in the head that become blind, وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ But it is the hearts in their bosoms that become blind. Now the person it's as clear as daylight that this is a very harmful thing that I want to do. But the person can't see the harm in it. Say, what's wrong? Everybody's doing it. Person will be taking drugs also and he'll also say, what's wrong? Everybody's doing it. Person would be bringing the worst kind of destruction upon himself and say, well, what's wrong? Because he can't see it. His heart has become blind. So, what the point we were making where we digressed from is 
that sometimes people living this kind of life, everything seems to be going fine for them. And they can't make out the difference between the rope and respite and na'mad. But then comes the other side of it, that somebody decides, I want to become obedient to Allah Ta'ala. I don't want to live this kind of life of disobedience. All this kind of clothing that I was wearing, this shameless clothing, these jeans and all these other kinds of garments and this tight-footing clothes, I want to have nothing to do with this. Throw it all away. And I don't want to be involved in all this chatting and all these kind of evils. All this is haram. I'm not going to be involved in this. I'm cutting out all these contacts. And I don't want to be going in all these mixed gatherings and not bothering about parda and just intermingling with cousins and all these things. I'm not going to be involved in all this. Now the person has taken a positive step forward. But when the person takes a positive step forward, many a times it happens in dunya that when the person takes a positive step forward, then all the negative starts around. The, it'll start off first from some comments. This person has become a very big buzrog now. Oh, she's on the first heaven already, man. And just recently somebody who made some, mashallah, very good positive changes in his life. So, he says, well, I'm hearing the comments. This fellow became a very big buzrog now. So, the comments are coming from who? From his immediate family members. Now, they're saying he's a buzrog. Now, that's a very big compliment that somebody is a buzrog, but it's being said in a sarcastic way in a way to make a person feel awkward make a person feel that Billah is doing something wrong so now what is being said is right kalimatu haqqin urida bihil batil the right words are said but with the batil intention the object in those words are bat- the words are perfect he's become a buzruk mashallah who can fault those words become a very big buzrog, something to be very happy about but the intention in saying those words is total batil it's meant to discourage the person it is being said to try and bring down the person that you see if this person is going to now be going away ahead then now our fun is going to get spoiled because now we might have to start complying also my brother is going forward I want to do a different thing Either I'm going to feel awkward or something, I'll have to join him, so he'll spoil my fun. My sister is going forward, my friend is going forward, and if I don't, now if I carry on in my own way, I'll be looking odd. So now rather keep her also where I am. So I'll have company to do the wrong things. So that is the background to why people make these comments to discourage the person. And then when the comments don't do the job, then they will even start putting pressure in different ways. You see, this parada and all is all in its place, but you mustn't become an extreme. Everything is in its place, but you must do what is. You know, it's, we're not we're living now in the 20th century. You cannot expect everything to happen like in the time of the Sahaba. So when you talk about the Sahaba's time, you see, we're not Sahaba. When you talk about the Tabi'een, we are not Tabi'een. When you talk of the Ahlullah, 
Where Ahlullah and the Buzurgs are, they rank and me, gunahigar like me, sinner like me, you want me to do what they did? So we can't be like the Sahaba, we can't be like the Tabi'een, we can't be like the Buzurgs, we can't be like the Ahlullah. Who's left after that besides Shaitan? So then we must get left for Shaitan then? So these are all just excuses from within. We have to be like the Sahaba, we can never reach their rank, we can't come anywhere close to them. But we have to be like them in the sense that keep trying to imitate them. Keep trying to emulate them. We won't even come to one faction of where they are. But if we don't try to imitate and emulate them, then we'll start emulating shaitan. If we don't emulate the Ahlullah and the Akabir and the Buzrugs and the pious people, we may never reach their, close to their rank also. We may never get close to where they are also. But if we don't keep trying to emulate them and follow in their footsteps, then whose footsteps are left? Allah Ta'ala says, don't follow the footsteps of shaitan. He's your open enemy. So now when somebody starts taking the positive steps forward, you will get all these negatives also sometimes surfacing as well. Pressure from various quarters. There is one email that came, came from overseas, from one girl who comes from a very academic, so-called academic family. And the parents are all big, big degrees they got. Mother also, father also. And they are Muslim, all Muslim. Now she became conscious of her salah. Conscious of not anything else yet. Obviously salah is the greatest pull of Islam. But if somebody is performing the salah, how does it affect anybody else's life? It doesn't affect anybody else's life in any way. Five times a day, it takes ten minutes maximum each time. So it doesn't affect anybody else in any way. So this girl became conscious of her salah. And she started just performing her salah at the different times. So they started objecting to this. This is not some fairy tale. This is a reality and this email came perhaps about 3-4 weeks back. So they started objecting against her salah. Now can we imagine... We won't pass any fatwa, we won't say that they were objecting that Nauzubillah Salah is wrong. But whatever it is, it's very difficult. And some, many might pass the fatwa of kufr on this. But we are not getting into a fatwa issue here. But this is what they did. So she started performing her Salah secretly. Now she's performing her Salah secretly. She is still in university. She is still dressing in that way that she was. She is still carrying on with her life in the way it was, but she has become conscious of her salah. So now salah time, she dons whatever the correct attire is, and she's performing her salah. Now they objected on that. Then they objected on her, they started finding out she's performing her salah secretly in her house, in her room. So now they started putting pressure and keeping a tab on her. She must not perform any salah. And the reason... That your career comes first. And if you start getting too holy now, you'll get distracted from your career. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al Can we imagine to what depths things can fall? Now while she was carrying on with this carefree life, she wasn't even performing a salah, everybody was very happy with her. Everybody was very happy in her house. <coughs> and she just started performing salah. And now this, like a whole mountain has been put on her the day you perform your salah 
So now when she's out of the house, then she's performing salahs that she can. When she's inside the house, she is now being put under this almost torture. When this started, when she started getting, going in the right direction. So eventually she decided, my parents may do what they want, but I will not leave out the obligation of Allah Ta'ala. I will fulfill the command of Allah Ta'ala. Now this was the determination. But the point that we are to learn in this, and this is not a lesson that we are given, we have been given three weeks ago. This is a lesson from the time of the Sahaba Ikram. From the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had not yet commenced the Dawat, and not yet commenced inviting people towards Allah Ta'ala, because Nubuwat hadn't come. He was not yet granted Nubuwat. Then he was known as As-Sadiq, Al-Ameen, and he was given the highest respect by everybody. When there was a little dispute at the time of the rebuilding of the Kaaba Sharif about who should have the honor of placing the Hajri Aswad. And when Nabi Sassam resolved that dispute in a, what a diplomatic way. And he with his Mubarak hands then picked it up and finally after he put it in a cloth and asked all the leaders of the different tribes, each one to hold a piece or a corner of the cloth. So now everybody felt they were carrying it from his spot and taking it to where it was to be placed. And then Nabi Sallallahu with his Mubarak hands picked it up and put it into place again. Everybody was more than happy about this because they held him in that esteem. But when the Dawud towards Allah Ta'ala started, then as Nabi Sallallahu is going around giving Dawud, قُلُوا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ تُفْلِحُوا What is the consequence and result of this from the people? The Riwayat mentioned this in detail. In one narration it is mentioned that as Nabi Islam is going, inviting people to Allah Ta'ala, and somebody is, na'uzubillah, spitting at him, somebody is throwing stones at him, somebody is throwing sand at him, and all these difficulties, his own uncle Abu Lahab is walking behind him, and he's stoning him. And he's, na'uzubillah, saying to people that this is an imposter, he's a liar, don't believe him, don't listen to him. And so many difficulties are put on Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but he goes on giving the message of Allah Taala without getting affected in any way by these difficulties that came upon him. And the same thing happened with the Sahaba Ikram, and they went on in this manner. They took these challenges in their stride. What has become the situation now for us? Generally, it is some comments of people, some pressure from people in society and maybe losing some friends of that nature, friends in very big inverted commas. So-called friends want to take us towards the wrong way. And they are not concerned about our destruction that may come out of this in dunya also, and especially akhirat. They are not concerned about our comfort of the qabr. They are not concerned about our comfort of the akhirat. They are concerned about their comfort in dunya. And we must give them company in that wrong comfort. So these are friends in very big inverted commas. So these challenges come when a person takes the right step. But this is the test from Allah Ta'ala. That who perseveres? When a person is steadfast, a person perseveres, it doesn't take long for the tide to turn. There is a period of test. There is a period of a challenge. But when a person remains steadfast and keep turning to Allah Ta'ala, then Allah Ta'ala makes that person's sacrifices a means of turning many people's hearts towards the positive things, towards good.
one person, one candle burns and hundred people gets light, get, get light out of it. But that one candle burnt itself. So one person undertook the challenge. One person remained steadfast. A whole family gets hidayat. One person remained firm, did not go into the wrong. It inspires sometimes dozens of hearts. And it inspires every time. Though it does not become apparent every time. Every time that somebody undertook a sacrifice, they withstood the challenge. But yes, very important to remember is that with hikmat, with wisdom, not getting disrespectful in any way, especially in terms of parents and other elders, we don't disrespect anybody, we remain respectful with everybody, but we remain firm on what is right. We remain firm on the correct path. And every time that somebody has taken this kind of step forward, remain steadfast, they discarded all the wrong kind of garments and clothing, they became conscious of their salah and started performing the salah, despite others wanting to do other things, they cut themselves out of those groups that were now involved in all those chatting with non-mahrams, and they stopped all the other haram activities, then there were others who were upset over this. But they remained firm, they remained steadfast, every time that they remained steadfast, it inspired others. It inspired those who were still giving them the uphill, so to say. But just that it doesn't become apparent immediately. It is like the tank that's getting full. So you have filled something in that tank with your sacrifice. But it is still now not full enough. Somebody else's sacrifice or your further sacrifice will fill more into other, the tanks of others. And sooner or later that day will come when that tank will now start flowing out because the spout of this tank is on the top so when it will flow out from the top now suddenly the person now will make a turnaround that I remember what I was saying all these things I said to you please maaf forgive me this is reality how many people they say those who were cursing me those who were abusing me emotionally in so many ways those who were making my life really difficult and it took a few years sometimes Eventually that person came and asked for maaf, please forgive me, what I did was wrong, I was in a state of total ignorance. Allah Ta'ala brought that day when this turnaround took place. But what was required is to turn to Allah Ta'ala and remain steadfast. We'll just finish off on one hadith which will give us some inshallah inspiration and comfort as well. Hazrat Auf bin Malik Ashja'i radiallahu ta'ala an. His son somehow got captured by the enemy. And they imprisoned him. So, Nabi Wasallam was informed that this is the difficulty, this is the hardship, how do we, we can't even go there and try to release him because we'll be walking into the lion's den. Nabi Wasallam said, somehow get him the message to excessively recite La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyil azim. Now, it will not always happen so dramatically. Allah Ta'ala shows his qudrat sometimes in a very dramatic manner. But Allah Ta'ala is powerful over everything, sometimes it will happen in a more subtle way. But Nabi Wasallam has said something, the effect of it is definitely there. So Nabi Wasallam said, get the message to him to excessively recite La hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyil He immediately took on to this and he began excessively reciting it. And obviously a sahabi, sahabi son, he was reciting it in that manner which we can only imagine the ikhlas in it 
the fervor with which he was reciting and the very important thing, the yaqeen with which he recited. That full conviction. And that is the real fuel that makes this jet fly. Yaqeen, conviction. So in any case, he carried on reciting and one night he was tied in ropes. Miraculously, those ropes snapped. And when those ropes snapped, he became free. So it was late at night, or it was in darkness, he walked out. As he walked out, he saw these animals grazing, or it was kept there in some place, which was belonging to the enemy. Now he is, this is booty, this is spoils of war now, because he's at war with these people. They have imprisoned him, and now he got freed. So he drove all those animals along as well. Somehow they heard the sounds and they realized what happened. They gave chase, but he was already gone way ahead. And he passed out of that enemy territory and he came away into the territory of the Muslims and he came away safely home with all these animals with him. He jumped on one of the horses and he drove all these animals along. So, this was a miraculous way in which he got freed. His father said, don't touch anything. I'm going to ask Nabi Sallallahu Nabi Sallallahu was asked, he said, all this is halal for you. Because this is a spoil of war. So in any case, the point is that they had their challenges, but they turned to Allah Ta'ala. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم The two things. مَن يَتَّقِي وَيَصْبِرْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُدِعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ The person has taqwa and he has sabr. And he is one who does good actions. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُدِعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Then Allah Ta'ala will bring a way out for him. وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ the person who adopts taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will bring a way out for them. وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا And grant sustenance from sources the person cannot even imagine. So what is required of us is, as we progress, as we go ahead, not to be discouraged by anybody, not to lose heart and hope, not to feel that now this pressure is getting too much on me, no, to persevere, to be steadfast, but to turn to Allah Ta'ala. And the more we will turn to Allah Ta'ala, all these pressures will turn into nothing. It will be like somebody is just saying something and is gone in the air. It won't affect one in any way and one will continue. Because Allah Ta'ala will bless the heart with such strength, will bless the heart with such himmat, with such courage, that all these things one will be able to take in one stride. We are human. As human we feel pain, we feel difficulties, we feel the challenges, but it won't overwhelm anybody. When a person has been linked to Allah Ta'ala, the person's contact with Allah Ta'ala, then the person won't get overwhelmed. He'll take everything in his stride. May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq of becoming totally obedient to Him in every aspect of our life. May Allah Ta'ala save us from every challenge. Allah Ta'ala protect us from every difficulty. We are weak. We should never ever desire any difficulty or ask for it. Always ask for afiyat. So Allah Ta'ala bless one and all with every afiyat Save us from every challenge, every test, every calamity, and with afiyat enable us to move forward in deen and become his total obedient servants. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayt ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار 
ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله